Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello to each and every single person out there on the internet watching us, Dan and Dan, on Take the Black Live, the one and only show on the internet where we talk about things like a sci-fi, things like a fantasy, things like a swords and a dragons and a space lasers and movies and a TV. Um, every week, all week, for one hour, and then later on podcasts available in video and audio form, wherever you like. Um, if you like what we're doing here, subscribe. If you don't, subscribe anyway. That's what you have to lose. Um, thanks, everybody, for coming. Hello, uh, Julie. Hello, Martha. Good to see you. Daniel, how are you doing on Wick Wednesday, which we've coined, copyrighted, trademarked, and want anybody else to use ever? Yes, uh, it's always a good time on Wick Wednesday, TM, and uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm excited to get into stuff. As always, we have a, a great show Ooh. for you guys today. Uh, lots of exciting little updates from Westeros. Lots of uh, shows coming up that we're going to talk about because apparently we are into the the back half of summer TV. Uh, so yeah, we've got so things to discuss. And how are you, Dan? So good. Um, my room behind me is in disarray. Why? I think it's one of the mysteries that are just going to help endure us to the public. So I'm not going to explain it, but hello, I Andrew. Agree. Hello, Margaret. Hello, Nicole. Thanks everybody showing up here. We, we, we have a good crowd this week. And as Andrew says, his intro yeah, won't beak last week. And I didn't even hear it. Yes. Last week, I had the most amazing intro in the world, but the audio wasn't available. So nobody heard it. I forgot what I said. All I remember is I did. this pleasurable pulsing that told me i will uh, that i have peaked all downhill from here it was life-changing it was speaking of going downhill let's get into the news daniel as you said as i think as a lot of people are expecting we have some juicy uh on-set images from the second season of house of the dragon many of them taking uh or at least posted by someone on Twitter or X, the website formerly known as Twitter, by Unbox PhD, who is doing tremendous work. I don't know what you're doing, Unbox PhD, to get these images, but we salute you because you are getting some good ones. For instance, we have yes. this image of uh, horses arrayed on a set in England. I'm told it's near Surrey. Do I know where Surrey is? Not particularly. I think it's in the south of England. But these are Lannister cavalry, mounted Lannister soldiers going hither and thither to just, you know, act lordly and superior to people and to fight for King Aegon II Targaryen, the one true king of Westeros, mm -hmm. and defeat his half-sister Rhaenyra Targaryen. We have some great pictures of the Lannisters um, bearing the Lannister lion emblem on their shields. Look at that. Beautiful. Can't beat it. Uh, just cool to see this kind of stuff. And finally, one that I 
what do we want to focus on? This final one is of a good picture of their armor. This third picture here. I like yeah. this because you can really see the difference between this and the armor the Lannisters wore on Game of Thrones. Because, of course, the Lannisters have been around for a long time. In Game of Thrones, we had Jamie Tyrion and uh, Cersei in this House of the Dragon time. There aren't as many, but we got Jason and Tylan Lannister, who are twins. You might remember Jason Lannister is the one who hit on young Rhaenyra in the third episode, and she was like, eh, no, thank you. Yep. And then Tylan Lannister is on the small council. And I like the plain Lannister armor, by the way, because in the Game of Thrones, it was kind of like ornate and kind of looked almost like samurai armor. I like how just kind of plain red says it all. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely I, I love that little detail that you pointed out in your write up about this uh, kind of showing the difference between this armor and like what Jamie wore in Game of Thrones. The costuming on this show has been just phenomenal, pretty much the the entire show so far so i'm loving the little touches to show this is a different time period in westeros these houses are going to change aesthetically some in the next 170 or so years uh but yeah these are lannisters like dan said they will be fighting for aegon the second uh if if you recall from season one uh thailand i believe was part of the coup uh the greens coup in king's landing firmly in Aegon II's camp. It's worth noting that uh, we don't know if this is a battle, if it's just, you know, cavalry riding towards something. Uh, Really, all we know is here are some Lannisters up on horses, and isn't that cool? And uh, yeah, we need to shout. You already shouted, but I want to shout this person too. Unbox PhD, who is the person taking all these pictures. I'm just imagining them like crawling through the grime at like three in the morning (laughs) to like get close to the lines. Like, I don't know how they are getting this much stuff from this show. But yeah, a lot of really great images. Beautiful stuff. Yeah. Uh, What else have we got to look at, Dan? Well, first of all, uh, Martha says that she lives in Surrey. So... Martha, if oh, you're there, cool. like, I think they're filming pretty much right now for a few more days. So, you know, if you happen to see um, any guys in armor at the at, at the grocery store, that's why. And uh, <laughs> Julie, her, her husband was born in Surrey. Doesn't know where it is either. Well, we there have, you like, go. multiple folk with connections to Surrey in the chat. I've never been to Surrey. Have you been to England, Dan? Have yes. you been to the motherland? I, I have been to England. I have not been to Surrey. Uh if it's in the south, I assume the closest I've been is Bath, uh, Ooh, which is yeah. where I think Good Omens was filmed. Good Omens season two filmed in Bath. Right. Um, so it, it seems like there's some cool filming spots down there. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's a cool little connection. Thanks for sharing, guys, in the chat. Also, OK, so you said that we don't know what they're filming, but let's assume that it is some kind of battle, which, you know, why do you array a yeah. bunch of guys in armor and um, horses if you're not going to? film them charging towards something um we don't know but yeah, let's, let's assume do you know daniel what battles might be afoot in house of the dragon season of two um well i think the big one that we're all expecting so spoiler alert for fire and blood here is rook's rest um i am assuming that a lot of the footage we've seen that isn't ship related right because right. rook's rest is a land-based battle so we kind of yeah. have a battle we're expecting to see at sea, which is the gullet, and a battle we're expecting to see on land, which is Rook's Rest. Those are the biggies, yeah. Those are the biggies we're expecting in season two. Maybe some stuff at King's Landing near the end of the season, but that's questionable. We're, we're not mm-hmm. sure about that quite yet. 
Um, so yeah, I'm guessing this is Rook's Rest, especially from one of the next images we're going to talk about, uh, which it's hard to imagine it could be anywhere else, honestly. And if the same person took these photos, um, this is, we are guessing, a dragon crater in the woods. This is, this is what big else spoiler town, enormous by the way. This one is major Mondo big. Chungus spoilers. So plug your ears if this you don't want to know This is big spoiler next. town. So, yep, look Continue. away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Rook's Rest, we're going to see several dragons get into it in the air above the castle. Um, I don't know. Do we want to talk about which dragon stand or do we want to stay cryptic? How do you feel? I like the middle path. So I think we should talk about dragons okay. fighting, but I don't think we should say which ones they are. Okay. Well, we are going to see multiple dragons. So more than two. Mm-hmm. fighting in the air over rook's rest <laughs> more than two less than 11 more than two less than 11 will engage in aerial combat and at least one and i'm going to say at least one of them is going to go plummeting from the sky and that is what we are assuming we're looking at here this is you can see it's kind of a long crater uh with dirt pushed up at the end like something hit the ground and slid there are broken trees, cool. so presumably yeah. a dragon hits the ground, slides through the forest, comes to a final stop in the dirt. Um, and we mean yeah, final. this is really exciting. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see how final. I guess it depends on which dragon this is. Uh, but we've seen a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff kind of hinting at this moment coming, this Rook's mm-hmm. Rest battle. We also saw some images of a particular part of a dragon uh in king's landing so we we've seen quite a lot that alludes to this set piece coming so i am assuming it's going to be one of the big moments of season two good i'd guess like episode really really good yeah about that yeah it could it it'll be a big moment if they do it well i'm guessing it'll probably be episode four because I think four mm-hmm. has Alan Taylor as a director. So I'm guessing they're going to give him something bigger to do with his second episode. But yeah, what, I mean, what are your thoughts on this, Dan? Um, it's cool. I will say one thing about the image. This is just curious. So this image was published at a place mm-hmm. called Wiki of Thrones, which is a, a website that is is, is like okay. Rick, just records Game of Thrones stuff. Yeah. They credited Unbox PhD, but I couldn't find it in Unbox PhD's thread. So I'm just covering my ass a bit saying that um this makes sense for what it is, but uh the uh the chain of um controls a little odd. I think it's cool. I, I love that scene. This could be a I mean if they hit blood and cheese like early on like for one or two, they hit Rook's Rest in the middle of it and they hit the Battle of the Gullet at the end. This could be a pretty um intense season of TV. Like they have everything yeah. they need to supercharge this stuff. I'm getting excited talking about it. They do. Yeah, I mean and you mix the dragon seeds in there too. Uh they they really do have the makings for a very good season here. Uh, so, I hope I hope that they pull it off cuz the first season was a great setup. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I like Joe Mullen's comment. Where is this series going to end? The Hour of the Wolf? The Regents? That's a good question because House of the Dragon is based on Fire and Blood. Dr. Martin's kind of fake history book about that is a good this question. period of history. And the way George R. R. Martin writes that book, it's not it's, it's not a novel. So it's not like you kind of end it where it's most yeah. dramatically efficacious to end a good story. He just kind of says what happens, giving no more attention really to any one thing than any other thing, even if some things are really obviously exciting and would make good cinema. And then he just kind of keeps going. Yeah. Like after the war is over, he goes on and has chapters about and then here's what happened when all the um, the people who came after who ruled King's Landing for a while, what they did and their taxes they levied yeah. and the little problems they dealt with and quashed. Um, it is a good question how much into that stuff, which is not as traditionally TV exciting, do you get into before you end the show? Yeah. I don't want to spoil everything. I think there are some good points, like maybe the crowning of Aegon the third would be a good cutoff point, but it's hard to say. I'm not sure. Um, I do hope that I, they, I, I just hope that the producers are, are willing to um, keep making the show even after like all the big events have transpired to give it a good long tail, like a good long cool down period before like the end end. I think the story deserves yeah, it. Yeah, same. I think we deserve it. Yeah, I do. I think it, uh, so. we're going to get into some Game of Thrones talk in a minute, but that was kind yeah. of one of the criticisms of Game of Thrones was it rushed the ending and Ooh, yeah. the Dance of the Dragons particularly does have like an extended come down after like mm -hmm. the bloodiest events. Um, that's something Martin has talked about enjoying that, you know, that was he was inspired by from Lord of the Rings, because that's the way the Return of the King is structured, too, with the scouring of the mm -hmm. Shire. Um, so I hope that we do get some of the extra material uh, because the dance of I, I grab my fire and blood off the shelf. There oh, yeah, are like five chapters after, you know, the end of the dance of the dragons. I cannot imagine mm -hmm. we won't get hour of the wolf i i would be yeah, shocked if we don't get hour of the wolf it's a good um, so i could i could see them ending it there though i could see them not going into all of the regents um because i don't know that they need to necessarily for the story yeah. that they're telling you know the regents are a little more relevant for fire and blood because fire and blood is a targaryen family history and that's kind of like the bridge piece into the next era of targaryen family history and i don't know that we need that in the show because the show is really about the dance of the dragons and this yeah. period of targaryen family history so i think definitely hour of the wolf i i will be beside myself if they don't do hour <laughs> of the wolf uh but i don't know about the regents so we'll we'll see I agree it's, with a, you. Um, it's a good problem to have that they it have is, yeah. so much material and they can choose where to end. 
Philip has two good points. He says that I'm shocked we don't have Cregan casting news, which I'm shocked about that too. That's a juicy role Same. and people sh- you should want to have. He also says he'd want a whole epilogue or an epilogue season would be entertaining. I don't think I need a whole epilogue season, but like a good epilogue half a season maybe, or like more than yep. one episode. Or again, with the Game of Thrones, definitely more than one half episode of epilogue. Definitely more than that. Yeah, right. Um, a few would be uh, nice. Yeah. Speaking of, I've um, always thought that. Yeah, I've always thought that it would make sense structurally to have kind of the. I don't want to spoil things, so I'll say the climactic we'll thing that happens on Dragonstone that marks the end of the war uh, happen kind of in the early to mid season of the final season. Sure. Um, so that basically, like you said, Dan, it leaves us kind of a half season for everything else to resolve after that. I think that would I, work. I feel like that that's would be what the, I would do. That's the way it would make sense to me. Yeah. Yes. If we were running House of the Dragon, that's what would happen. We should be. But since we're not, who knows? Could could be anything. Um, speaking of alluding to Game of Thrones frustrations, we had just really quick another Game of Thrones star. Conleth Hill, who has played Varys, the bald master of whisperers, who has an amazing head of hair in real life. I think compensating for the fact that everyone thinks he's bald. Um, basically, just talking about how <laughs> he felt that last series was a bit rushed. He was inconsolable. Now he's fine. He thought that the <laughs> that he'd done something wrong when he read the final season because Varys was killed off so quickly. Um. Yeah, but you know, different strokes, and there is that kind of famous, well, famous within a very niche community video of them all reading the final scripts and Conleth Hill like going like, oh, yeah, bullshit, yes. Um, and now I guess, uh, he kind of confirmed that he might have been a little miffed there. Yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, Varys, you know, one of the the downsides to the way that season eight went is that a lot of characters did get rushed exits uh, i'll never no. not be sad that we don't see the iron islands again at the end of the show like not not even a single scene to kind of establish what had happened there um so i right. think it's it's fair uh you know it, it is what it is it's funny to you know hear him talk about you know being killed off quickly because varus doesn't die until the penultimate episode of this season if i remember right it starts with him getting killed uh but it's just the very condensed you know story of the final season makes it all feel like it's happening so fast regardless of what Mm. episode things actually go down on uh but yeah so he's not the only one we heard from about this amelia clark also had kind of a fun little thing she dropped in a secret invasion interview which was essentially um you know so she said some people have issues with things series i've been in have done but by the t- time they have the issues i've already done them and there's nothing i can do <laughs> so mm-hmm. she kind of just said it, it is what it is uh you know sorry you have problems um it happens meanwhile liam cunningham doesn't seem to be having problems what what was this comment he made a comment too recently right I mean, he just said that he's interested in being on the Jon Snow show and just texted Kit Harrington, better call Davos. So, I mean, again, we don't know if that show's happening or not. 
But when and if it does, yeah, uh, of course they'll bring in other people. It's not just going to be. Would be actually. We don't know what is what shape it's going to take. I kind of wish it, if they make it that it would be just Jon Snow out in a cabin by himself in the north, just kind of hanging out and sharpening his sword or something with Ghost. But we'll see when and if it happens, who will be involved. By the way, um, yeah. Blur, 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 blur. Where'd it go? Where'd the chat go? There it is. Uh, Targaryen loyalist asks, so can we assume that Rhaenyra already has informed Jace about Aegon's death? Do you mean about Lyceris's death? Because Jace's brother Lucerus died in the season finale of House of the Dragon. And I don't think Jace knows yet. I think that'll be um, an unpleasant letter he has to get at some point. And I don't recall, I don't think in the book that there is a scene of Jace learning what happened to his brother either. So they can uh, fill that in. Yeah. Well, the way the book is structured is so it's not chronological. So it explains Jace's journey first. So they've, they've, finangled the timeline a little bit here for Jason Lucerus because in the book you you hear about Jace meeting Cregan Stark and all this stuff and then you hear about what happened to Lucerus so yeah I'd assume like what you said Dan like we'll see Jace get a letter maybe at the Eerie Mm. or he gets to the Eerie and they already know about what happened because it's going to be just widespread news at at a certain point I don't know like what travels faster than a dragon find out on screen oh we better find out on screen well well, I yeah, I guess that we're, we're going to see him find out, but that'll be then. That'll be in twenty twenty four. I I feel you, Julie. That it's it's hard to wait, but waiting's our lot in life, at least for this show. It is. Sorry, Danny, we're saying. Fortunately, I was just going to say, yeah, waiting's the lot in life. Gossip and ravens maybe fly faster than dragons. Probably not. We do have some stuff to tide us over. Do you have any anything <laughs> else you want to talk about for House of the Dragon? before we start discussing how we're going to not lose our minds with anticipation for season two by by watching other stuff instead for the next few months. I just want to hear you intro the next section. All right. So house of the dragon, not coming until 2024. We're all very sad about that, but on the bright side this month in particular, and the beginning of next month has a ton of TV, uh, a ton of great genre TV coming up. So we're going to be watching a lot. We're going to be talking about a lot. Uh, this first one. So I need to preface this by saying for as long as I have known you, Dan, anytime the last kingdom comes up, You've always said, I wish they would do the Warlord Chronicles by Bernard Cornwell, too, because that is one of his series that you have loved for a very long time. And now they're doing it. Uh, Yeah. So the Winter King is coming out on August 20th. What is the deal with this show? Can can you tell us about it? I can. Thank you for asking. It's going to MGM Plus. The Winter King is an adaptation of bernard cornwell's the warlord chronicles he's the guy who wrote the last kingdom books and that always did really well around uh, yeah. around wick around here everyone loved Uja Bemba. and yep. i always loved these it's books great. i read them a lot, i read them when i was like in middle school or something and they just always stuck with me i, I, I read them recently they're, they're great i recommend them to anybody who wants and i always thought they would make a great tv show and i've been vindicated because here we are years later getting a winter king tv show <laughs> it, it's the arthurian legend yeah. it's king arthur it's merlin it's nimoy it's lance that's all those people it's guinevere it's i'm sure galahad's in there somewhere um 
and you know there's been a lot of crappy arthur stuff over the decades i'm sure there's been some good stuff i can't remember it but um mm-hmm. this is by far the best book series i've ever read about arthur and if they do it right in the style of the last kingdom this kind of grounded but still fantastical way i, th- I think it could be very very special i haven't watched the screeners yet i have them i'm gonna start it very soon um and i think it's worth checking out like if you if you liked the last kingdom if you like sort of the arthurian legend if you like um just medieval dramas or historical dramas this is worth checking out i hope i'm going to watch the screeners very soon and unless they're awful i stand by my recommendation (laughs) cool cool and you said this is on what mgm plus yeah, I don't know what it is either. Oh God, that might even not be its name anymore. Uh it is being it's, relegated you to know, some like uh no name streaming service, which is unfortunate. I think it is MGM Plus. Yeah. That is unfortunate. I mean, I didn't even know MGM Plus was a thing, so I guess this is probably really good for MGM Plus, but I don't oh. know what it means it for the Winter Kingdom Epics. or the Winter King. Have you heard of ah, Epics? Okay, okay. Yeah, I have, I've heard like of that. Slightly. Epic. It's not like that's big it's, either. Um, Why do you keep changing your names? Why did you change from yeah. HBO Max to Max? Why Epics to MGM Plus? Why CBS All Access to Paramount Plus? Why Twitter to X? What's wrong with you? Don't you know branding? What's wrong with you? But okay, that's what's happening there. It's keeping things fresh. <laughs> it's keeping yeah, things exciting. You, you rant away about those things. Yeah, you know, you got to make Ridiculous. people feel like they're getting something new. You're not on Twitter. You're on X. Uh, it hurts me just to say it. <laughs> anyway, we won't go too deep down that rabbit hole. Uh, but yeah, so beyond the Winter King, uh, one of the next things. So the Winter King premieres on August 20th. MGM yes. Plus. MGM Plus, Epics. baby. Uh, <laughs> yep. I don't know where to get that, but I assume you can use the internet to find it. Uh, after that, so August 23rd, the first two episodes of Ahsoka are dropping on Disney Plus. And this is another <laughs> one of those that that feels like an event a little bit, kind of like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, it is a kind of a big <laughs> deal for Star Wars fans that we are getting a series about Ahsoka Tano. After all this time, it's introducing Thrawn, who is probably one of the most iconic Star Wars villains outside of emperor palpatine and darth vader like in the extended universe like people who haven't either read books or watched the cartoons don't typically know thrawn but like he's a big deal so it's it's and he's being played by the same person who voice acted him in rebels that's Uh, cool so that one's going to be a big one too in august um are you going to be watching that dan and are you guys going to watch ahsoka um first of all great comments here where they're they're (laughs) everyone's joking about like julie's like my name is now ali philip is saying my name is now philip plus so yeah what if we all just changed our name willy-nilly the way that corporations <laughs> change the name of their companies dan plus <laughs> daniel max now that actually sounds kind of cool actually I'd be Dan- da- daniel, daniel max, max. Yeah. daniel minus <laughs> to balance but, um, out I- the pluses yeah it's it, it, it's important to have balance as for Ahsoka, yeah, I'll watch it. Um, I've watched I, a lot of the Star Wars shows. I skipped the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Um, 
I this one looks interesting. I'm not a, a big fan of the 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 Clone Wars and Rebel shows. I I watched a bit of the Clone Wars and I was like, eh, not really for me. Um, but I like the Mandalorian. I liked Andor. They've done good stuff, yeah. and I get the feeling. That, I said this before, but I get the feeling that this is the show that Dave Filoni like really wanted to make. Um, it was a show about Ahsoka Tano, totally. who was this character who he invented and who has a very good reputation. I don't know who Thrawn is. I know that he's blue, but I know that he's very important in the mythos and the characters and in the, in the fans like him. I'm guessing they yeah. put a lot of love into this, so I will check it out. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree with you that this seems like the thing Dave Filoni really wanted to make. Um, so mm -hmm. Clone Wars, I hadn't really seen Clone Wars before the past few months. and I have been watching it. Uh, if so you good. are interested in Ahsoka, I would recommend watching the Clone Wars. Um, not mandatory, whatever, but it seems like Ahsoka is really oh, being set up as a live action sequel to clone wars because clone war or not clone wars sorry rebels, rebels. Yeah. um hey, rebels right. is the one to watch for ahsoka i mean clone wars has ahsoka too that's where she's from but rebels has all the rest of the characters like hera the droid chopper ezra bridger all of them are from rebels and even so thrawn is too thrawn was a major villain in rebels and he definitely left a mark he's kind of like one of those creepy villains who isn't he doesn't have a bloodthirsty death wish he likes to understand his enemies and he's kind of soft spoken until he's not uh he's played by uh oh, Lars Scar -Scar? Mikkelsen who plays no, Stregobor uh, in he plays Stregobor uh, in The Witcher that guy plays Thrawn um okay, he's cool. fantastic and in Rebels and I'm assuming he's going to be great in uh, Ahsoka too um but yeah, it does seem it's like th there is a lot of uh, investment in this series at Disney and Lucasfilm. It also features uh, one of Ray Stevenson's final performances. Ray Stevenson oh passed away, unfortunately, and he is in Ahsoka. Uh, so I'm excited to see that. But yeah, that's going to be a big one. Yeah, it'll be a, a, a well not a proving ground but um they got to keep the role of good star wars shows going it's important a star wars show is always important to the brand so uh that sure they put their yeah. their their they're all into it although i don't blame julie at all when she says that uh enough with the, enough with the lightsabers yeah i get it and i think they're gonna pull back after some of this fewer marvel fewer star wars because folk are a little tired but i will i will check out ahsoka yeah. because it does look like something that they really are intent to make work and do a good job with i hope it's a success yeah, and if any show to be totally and if any star wars show should have a lot of lightsaber stuff it is ahsoka uh this she is kind two. of that one thing where it's like yeah they should lean into the jedi stuff for ahsoka it makes sense for the characters they've got in the show um but yeah, it is an interesting time for all of these big franchises because a lot of fans do seem to be getting fatigue and not only fans, but the productions themselves. Because we've we've had a few, I don't want to say lackluster, but a few that weren't quite as phenomenal as their earlier seasons or earlier shows like The Mandalorian no, Secret Invasion and Secret Invasion. Uh, so yeah, it'll be curious to see what happens for Star Wars next after this. 
uh, I guess Skeleton Crew is the next thing in the pipeline. Right. Yeah, so <laughs> there's always more, but I, Ahsoka is a notable one. So well, I will Julie be watching asks, that one. Um, Julie asked, how about the writer's strike, which is a pertinent question because they really are going to have no choice but to cut back because the actors and the writers both on strike. They really can't do anything new. So they're going to run out of stuff eventually to like show us unless they come around. There really aren't any huge updates, Julie. Yeah. The writers and the studios met last Friday, I believe, for the first time in months, which is progress so maybe that'll lead to some talks but we have no idea what they talked about if anything i do know that today marks a hundred days since the writers began striking yes which i which i believe is how long the previous writer's strike lasted so we are now past it yeah so there were some interesting updates with the writer's strike uh so in relation to star wars there mm -hmm. we still have skeleton crew and the acolyte with both of which are already filmed i believe so mm -hmm. we're not going to run out of star wars anytime like we'll be way into 2024 before that's a thing um Damn. but so with the with the writers and actors strike there were some really great images taken they apparently uh picketed outside of i think universal for one of the huh. first times and it was like because they've been like tearing up the sidewalks at Universal to kind of discourage striking. Um, but they kind of descended in record it's numbers. You can idea. find images of this. They look like mm -hmm. history book images. They're crazy. The amount mm -hmm. of people were on strike at Universal. But I, I did want to talk about uh, the meeting on Friday because sure. that was an interesting one. Uh, just briefly. So basically the AMPTP uh, and the negotiating committee for the writers guild had a meeting to discuss having a meeting uh so that well, was all that was was let's see how far apart we are in issues to decide if we can negotiate again and one of the most notable things about that was the amptp stressed several times during the meeting that they wanted a media blackout on this stuff they didn't want the wga talking to the media and the AMPTP leaked details from the meeting before it was even out so that there, they had stories going out in like variety and deadline at the same time that they were asking for a media blackout. Um, the, the WGA has responded to this. They have an open letter. You can find it on their website that sums up the mm -hmm. details. But I just thought that was kind of hilarious and just like kind of showing the bad faith of the situation that they're I mean, like don't it's... talk to the media but also hear me <laughs> we'll do that uh i mean it's yeah. it's funny but it's also an indication there probably aren't anywhere close to coming to an agreement if 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 the studios yes. think it's okay to demand a media blackout and then talk to the media anyway which is just silly like of course why do you have a media blackout the whole point is to get attention on this it's ridiculous you know i mean I, I, on yeah. the other hand like you and i aren't in a union <laughs> yet no I'm, I'm kidding don't fire me um <laughs> there's, there's no union talk here i crush any union talk um but i've had <laughs> friends who are in unions and uh yeah this sounds about on par for the course of what they've told me like how it goes like you have these little calls and, you, and they like talk about about like a meeting about having a meeting and it just like it's a slow crawly process i do think any kind of meeting where there once was silence and no communication at all is probably a good sign 
but like it's it's gonna be a I while agree. like julie says that it's been going on for helping settle soon must be hurt a lot of people it, it must and i don't think it's gonna be settled anytime soon yeah yeah it has there's been a lot of talk about how it's affecting la's economy and california's economy a lot of people are displaced by this uh but it's it's also an existential moment for those industries. Uh, we're going to talk about some other other union stuff uh, later in the show. Oh, but yeah. this is kind of a it, it's a broad issue in the entertainment industry right now. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. Any meeting is better than the radio silence that has persisted for mm-hmm. basically the 90 whatever days preceding it. Um, I The media blackout kind of cracked me up it to me that kind of shows that the the amptp feels like they are losing the media war a little bit that they are trying to pull something like that um yeah but well i mean you know i'm I'm not sure how how, like money grubbing studios with ceos that earn hundreds of millions of dollars per year literally somehow lose a popularity war with underpaid writers who have to use uber even though they write on major shows, how how do you not win that? Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. And I like that Philip actually has changed. It's hard to Phillip imagine. Plus, that is funny. Yeah. Okay. We gotta put um some oh kudos, Philip. Put plus. out of the metal because we, we we are running it behind. Just fine because we're just having so much fun. Okay. Um, the final show that we're looking forward to in the near future is The Wheel of it's Time true. season two, coming on September first with yes. the Time season one. I think we both liked it. It had its criticisms, yeah. but um, I enjoyed it. I like the book series by Robert Jordan. I like the cast. I like the splendor. I like that it's a fantasy series that has a bit of a different vibe than Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones. A bit literally brighter. Like, it's a yeah. brighter show. No, like, pure darkness, long night battles here. Um, huge, yeah. sweeping, epic, interesting world, cool magic. Um, I like it, and I'll and I'll watch the next season. Hooray! I believe you've already. Uh, 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 will you also watch the next season, Dan? Yes, I will. I think we can safely say that too. I have seen some of it. Um, I will definitely be watching it. I'm very excited to watch more of the Wheel of Time season two. Um, and yeah, I agree with you. It is a, it's a different sort of flavor than Lord of the Rings or something like that. Um, the first season for me was kind of like maybe a six or seven out of 10. Like I liked it. Um, I, I did the wheel of time is one of the, the shows that I really give a lot of, uh, slack for having to operate during the pandemic, because I think that show was derailed way harder than most by the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it's like controversial changes and issues with its last two episodes. I, I really oh, chalked gosh. enough of that up to the pandemic that I'm kind of like willing to give it a pass and just look at season two with fresh eyes. Um, Cause there were liked and things I didn't like in the first season, but I thought it, I it got the spirit of the books pretty well. I think it yeah. brought out some aspects of the books that weren't very deeply explored, but were there mm-hmm. like uh, Swan and, and Moiraine's relationship, which is a thing oh. from the books, but doesn't get a lot of page time. Um, so yeah, I I'm really excited. I think the wheel of time, you know, that's like the big fantasy show of the fall. Uh, it, it premieres on September 1st. We got the news today, actually that the first three episodes are all hmm. dropping on September 1st. 
which I can't lie. I don't like upsets that. Upsets me just a little bit. There <laughs> yeah. are only what are your episodes... thoughts on this? I, I I don't like it. It's fine, but just, no, it's not fine. There are eight. <laughs> there are eight episodes total of the show. I wish they would just do it one a week so I can kind of enjoy the journey. I don't know. I never really got on board yeah. with the with the binge model of Netflix, which was in vogue for a while. You just drop everything at once and watch it all at once. I like having one a week so yeah. you can watch one with everyone else and then talk about it and then have another one to kind of re- recharge your batteries. And I would think that the studios like that, too, because they can kind of keep the buzz going longer. They can depend that more folk will watch it at once and create this like social media buzz going on. Um, it's a longer window to sell more stuff. Don't you like that studios or are you too busy changing your name from like Amazon to Zonamax plus just, I, I, I don't think the way they do, but, um, I wish it was one at a time, but it's what they're doing. So it'll be fine. Has Daniel frozen? Uh, no, I'm here. Okay, cool. Maybe, maybe I'm here. You're mostly um, here. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I I like, you know, the longer uh, time period of getting one a week. Um, anytime I see that a streamer is yeah. dropping multiple episodes at once, it makes me a little nervous. Like I think of Obi-Wan Kenobi where I felt like they kind of dropped two at once because they felt like they needed to get through the early episodes to the exciting stuff. So yeah. it makes me a little nervous to see that Amazon is dropping like essentially almost half the season on day one. Yeah. Like I'm I'm going to watch it. It's going to be exciting and a fun day for the fans. But also, oh, you know, that does feel like why are we rushing through this thing that we've we've all waited, you know, years. Uh, it's been it'll have been almost two years since the Wheel of Time season one. Uh, so, you know, why shade? Uh, we'll see what happens i I, kind of juries out but i i'm not a huge fan of that trend either i will say the commenters are kind of split we have some who like the three then one julie would rather do two one at a time nicole says two at a time i get behind two i think but eh, three is a bit much for me but everyone feels differently and philip made me laugh with saying that uh he feels attacked by my amazon comment attacked plus uh, but you know they're all negotiating it <laughs> differently. Okay, Daniel, let's yeah, uh, let's totally let's blast through a couple other sections. Um, are you watching or reading anything okay. new recently? And are any of you yeah. watching or reading anything new recently? And if so, what is uh, it? What have I been watching? Uh, so I saw Barbie. Uh, that oh. was a lot of fun. Um, I liked it a little bit less I'm than I expected. Um, but I don't really want to weigh in too heavily. Um, because I. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um, I felt I was surprised by how on the nose it was the entire way through. Uh, But I'm really glad that I saw it and enjoyed it. And the filmmaking of it is phenomenal. Gorgeous. Uh, The the practical sets and stuff, just amazing. Um, I also watched uh, They Clone Tyrone, uh, which is a Netflix movie with Tayona Paris. Jamie Foxx and um forgetting John Boyega who played Finn in Star Wars. John Boyega. Yes, John Boyega. Um and that was excellent. Yeah, that cool. was really really good. 
um, kind of like this uh, mix between like a like a crime story set in the ghetto with some interesting sci-fi and political commentary. I really, really enjoyed that. That is totally worth nice. checking out if you want a new movie on Netflix. Um, and beyond that, I read a book called Bridge mm-hmm. uh, by Lauren Bukes, which was kind of a everything, everywhere, all at once sort of multiverse story. Uh, very cool. Uh, kind of some deep grief stuff in there. So it hit me kind of hard, that book. And right now I'm into another book called cyberpunk 2077 no coincidence which i will have a review for up probably later this week or early next week (laughs) uh but yeah a cyberpunk book which is kind of exciting um based on the game right what what are you getting into it is based on the game i believe the person who wrote it uh rafat kozik um was one of the screenwriters for the anime that was on Netflix gotcha. as well. Um, so, so there's a lot of crossover here. Video game tie-in books are always like a total coin toss. They're either, sure. they can be really good or they can be just like cash it, obvious cash-ins. Um, and I'm not quite sure where this one falls yet. I'm, I'm only like a hundred pages into it, uh, but it's cool to be back in night city and it does get that night city vibe pretty well. But nice. what about you, Dan, and all of you out there? What are you getting into? Uh, well, Philip watched the first half of the Clone Tyrone. It's supposed to be a Power Rangers reference because the three main characters had a unique color. Good movie. He liked it. Movie plus. Thank you, <laughs> Philip. It's important to add that. Uh, Julie's still watching Outlander. It is one of the better shows at the moment. I think the mid-season nice. finale is uh, this week. She needs to catch up on Warrior, which I've been watching. I watched the rest of the season with the screeners. The last episode cool. was really, really good. Um, I'll... I always just stump for Warrior here, and I will continue because it I, it's really yeah. earns it. Great martial arts, exciting drama, great filmmaking on that one too. Just the practical, like the the, the cinematography is is gorgeous. The fight choreography is great. Characters are good, and now that I've seen the entire season, worth it. I'm gonna go hashtag Renew Warrior right now on Max. Just I'm gonna I'm gonna nice. start it up early because I think it deserves it. to come back. Um. Christian Hanna finally watched Guardians, scarred his wife. She hates seeing violence to animals. That was the roughest part uh, by far, was the yeah. bits where the cute little animals, even if they were CGI, they were very convincing, and uh, I did not like seeing them suffer, and it was very, very rough. PETA uh, loved the movie it for its non-practical uh, depiction of animal cruelty. Uh, Andrew's been watching Rebels, going to for Ahsoka. Andrew asked, I did yes. watch another episode of the Orville. It was really good. Nice. It was the one where they dealt with the matrix. Oh, it was the one where um Isaac got like human emotions. It was nice. It was fun. It was good. Almost done. I have like three. Oh, left. cool. And I'm going to watch the Superman show, Andrew. I, I guarantee you. I'm very busy. We have so much to watch. It's way too much. Um, and that's about all that I'm watching. Although, thank you guys for commenting today, by the way. You guys are really bringing it. You are giving a lot of yes. good stuff to feed off of. But we're going to wind this puppy down because we're almost through with the hour. Now, do we have to confine ourselves to an hour? We don't have to, but we'd be here all day otherwise. And then who's going yeah. to, you know, walk the dog, cook the dinner, and, um, you know, make the insider trades? 
So we're going to move on to <laughs> the WIC News lightning round, where we go over some stories we didn't get the main body of the show and give our 20-second opinions on them um, while you judge us on how well we hit that mark. Uh, Daniel, blah, blah, blah. No order, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you... Oh, damn it. Really, really fast before. Nicole says she's watching what we do in the shadows. I am too. That's one of the things I can't watch. Man, oh, nice. Much. It's really, really, it's, it's, it's typically very entertaining, but okay. I love that Daniel. show. I need to watch the new season. Yeah, it's on the new season. I haven't caught it. I haven't watched the new one, but I'm so excited that it's back. Hulu has been quietly really great. Also, yeah, I watched true. the bear all the way through and oh, it just, bear. Hulu's just like quietly putting out really good shows. So good, good on you, Hulu. Don't yeah. get me started on shall- the bear. We shall. Yes, let's do it. Go ahead and ask me. <laughs> okay. So Star Trek had its first ever musical episode last week with the Strange New Worlds episode Subspace Rhapsody. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch it. I'm not really a Star Trek fan. I'm, I'm trying the Orville, so it's my, it's my gateway in. But I like that it happened. It got a lot of press. It looked really fun. Um, a lot of shows do a musical episode eventually. And it's impressive that it took Star Trek like 60 years to uh, finally get to one. And I'm glad it was a hit and I'm glad people liked it. And and that show was apparently very good. All right. Blasting through. Okay, Daniel, here's an interesting one. So we've all heard that the DC universe is kind of turning over a new leaf. They're getting rid of Henry Cavill, getting rid of all the old folk, bringing a bunch of new folk. But Gal Gadot says that Wonder Woman 3 is apparently still happening. So what's with that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the details for exactly what Gal Gadot is talking about here. Uh, but the director, uh, again, her name is evading me because my brain's tired. She is not attached, Patty as far Jenkins. as I know, to one. Yeah, Patty Jenkins. So I, I am. I kind of raise an eyebrow at this, and I wonder what it means. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Boom. Let's let's oh, switch the next exciting. two. Okay. I want you to talk Sounds about good. your favorite. Uh, this is also. So Barbie became the first movie solely directed by a, a woman director to make over a billion dollars. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, there yeah. have been other movies that were like co-directed by a man and woman, like both Frozen movies and Captain Marvel. Barbie's the first movie to be directed just by one woman, Greta Gerwig, who might be like the best up and coming director in Hollywood right now. She's like made nothing but hits. To make over a billion dollars. That's really cool. I think it's the, the Super Mario thing movie also makes billion. Good for her. Good for it. Yay, Barbie. Yay, Greta. Yeah. All right. Um, Daniel. Super well deserved. Your... I think so. Yeah. Good for having a hit. It's not super. Yeah. Okay. We got to move on. Uh, Daniel. <laughs> author Andres yes. Sapkowski is working on a new Witcher book. Yeah, Andrzej Sapkowski, uh, he confirmed he is writing a new Witcher book. He expects to be done with it in the next year. Uh, Worth noting, this is not going to be a sequel. Don't expect it to be the next story of Geralt. He has said pretty explicitly that the end of the saga is the end of the saga. Anything else he writes will be a sidequel, a prequel, something like that. Or maybe a different character. Who knows? Or a sequel. It, it will not be a sequel. Listen to me, people. Don't believe IGN. It's not a sequel. <laughs> if you read the books, you know why. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe this will be a sequel, though. So apparently, uh, zombie movie godfather, uh, George mm-hmm. A. Romero, uh, his estate is moving forward with a final living dead movie. W- what's the deal with this? I mean, okay. 
the Living Dead movies, George Romero in the 60s basically invented yeah. what we think of as the zombie with Night of the Living Dead and then Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. He, this guy was killing it for decades. He died pretty recently. They're going to yeah. make one more. Like everyone knows of the Living Dead, even if they've never seen them. Like The yeah. Walking Dead does not exist without this. So that's cool. I think it's really fun. I, I hope it comes out great. Wrapped it up. Yeah. All right, Daniel. Here's a, I'll watch here's, it. Here's a, here's, a, here's a fun one. Um, a new official yeah. Game of Thrones cookbook is coming. Yay. Yeah, so this is from one of the same people who did Feast <laughs> of Ice and Fire, which is the old official Game of Thrones cookbook, which was based on the books. This one is based on the show. Oh, uh, so it's other recipes, even though it's got recipes from old Valyria. So it's just based on Martin's stuff. Uh, I'm excited. 80 new recipes. I will gladly cook Dothraki blood pies for all my friends. Uh, (laughs) We're going to stay in the kitchen here. Uh, We're going to go from home style cooking to fast food because apparently McDonald's has uh, it's branded its sweet and sour sauce packets with Loki. So Loki got his own sweet and sour sauce packets at Mickey D's. And Dan, will Hmm. you be using them? Probably. Okay. Just just personal Dan insight. When I go to McDonald's, and yeah. I do occasionally, sweet and sour sauce, that's my jam. That's what I get. I love sweet and sour sauce. Nuggets, fries, burgers, Big Macs, dunk it all in there. It's all good. <laughs> and um, sure, I will happily l- eat it with Loki on the cap. Fun little cross-promoting thing. Yeah. All right. And finally, on <laughs> a on a serious summer note, uh, Marvel VFX workers file a petition to unionize so more union activity in hollywood daniel yeah this is kind of indicative of the phase (laughs) that hollywood is going through so these were the onset production vfx workers there's apparently 52 of them who are high profile workers in marvel and 50 of them voted to unionize uh marvel's vfx department and the companies they employ are notoriously overworked um, so this is a long time coming. Hopefully it will lead to more unionizing in that sector of the industry because it sounds like they need it. Yeah. And I mean, now's the time with all this union activity happening. So I'm, I'm not surprised that um, yep. there's a bigger push. There's there's a reckoning, man. Like something's going to change. And I'm curious to see what's going to happen with it in, in, in the next few months, a couple of years. All right. That was a great show. Yeah, totally. You guys were killing it in the comments. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to end the show with Philip Plus's quote because it made me laugh. Uh, but before I Ooh. do that... Just I'll just let you guys know that we're here every single Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's 3 p.m. on the East Coast, 1 p.m. in the tall mountains of the Colorados and um, noon on the West Coast, 3 a.m. in uh, Australia. A million apologies, Julie Davies. Um, you can also download us in podcast <laughs> form wherever podcasts are available, be it Google Play or elsewhere. You know, if you're watching this on YouTube, watching this on, if you listen to this on podcast, give us a like, give us a subscribe. It helps us help you. And uh, to sign off, right. I'll just quote this comedy gold from Philip Plus. I'm coming out of a Game of Thrones yoga class, bowed, bent, but not broken. Bye, everybody. <laughs> well played. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.